gracious Heavenly Father, we come this morning saying thank you for your mercy, love, and grace. God, empower us to lead lives devoted to holiness and godliness. On this day, we ask for special blessings for families who are waiting for answers, be it about an illness or be it about their homes or be it about situations that they only can bring unto you, God. Hear our cry, dear Lord. I call unto you this morning for your wisdom. Move me behind the cross and allow my words be your words, that they be a blessing unto you. Cover us, dear Lord, and let us hear your words. Nurture us this day and give us the freedom to move forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a week we've had in the Lord. Amen. Ushers, you may be seated. We thank you for your service this day. We thank Miss Tina Tyler and the Senior Choir, the Communion Steward, Lay Speaker, Miss Jeanette Stewart, Wynn Lloyd, Mr. Cheatham, all who have been involved with worship, the Count Room, and everyone who has come with a worshiping heart this day. God is a good God. Amen. Amen. And we thank him for his ability to allow us not only to serve, but give us the desire to serve. The Mark passage this morning simply opens with the statement, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's a great word. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was the God of our love and graciousness. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word has comforted us through us all days and all nights. In the beginning has always been and will always be the Word. And when the Word became flesh, even before we knew, our lives had been changed. It says in verse 2, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way. Have you ever had someone go before you and make a way? Some of us don't realize how many people went before us to make a way. Maybe you were the first African American in that department in that company, but somebody made a way for the door to be opened for you. Maybe you were the first principal, or the first teacher, or the first to walk in a building, but somebody stood a long time ago and made the path straight, took out a few of the crooked ways, and set a path before you. So this message this morning is simply a word of proclamation that says, in the beginning is the good news. That's important for us to realize today 
because on days that we look back and say, I never expected this or that or the other, it's good to know that in the beginning is the good news. I don't know about you, but just the fact that the scripture starts out with that statement, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine being one of the first disciples and having a first-hand contact with Jesus Christ? What do you think they're saying? What do you think it was like when the Lord was right up on you and said, I am the way? Do you think they realized? Or maybe they didn't. But whether they did or not, today is the day to proclaim the beginning of good news. Every first Sunday, thus saith the Lord, we do something that many of us take casually. We take communion, and we don't necessarily always put our hands around how important communion is. So you see, communion and baptism are the two rituals. Communion and baptism are the two things that God has called us to do. So you see, this book of Matthew talks about baptism. And today we are taking communion. Those are two of the most important things. If you didn't do anything else between now and January the 1st, I'd be remiss to say if you didn't have an opportunity to celebrate communion, you'd be missing something great. But before we're fully able to embrace communion, the good news is baptism. You say, Pastor, why are we talking about baptism at the end of the year? Is there a baby that's coming up later on? Is there someone that we have thought about? Is there something we're going to do regarding baptism? Earlier this year, we remembered our baptism. I encourage people to put a date in the book that reminds them when they became a part of the Christian family. Others have said, I don't remember the day that my mother or my father or grandmother, because I wasn't the first baby in the house. I don't think we have any pictures. That's here nor there. Somebody thought enough of you to make sure you were given back to the body of Christ. You were given into the hands of the Lord for you are a part of a huge family. There's a book that's called Water by Water and Spirit that talks about how we as United Methodists celebrate baptism. There's a joke that goes around that says, if you ain't been done, you ain't got it going on. But if it was the amount of water that was needed, some of us would have to stay down a long time. Amen. <laughs> We'd be desperate for breath. Just to say, Lord, wash away all our sins. Whether you were sprinkled, whether you were not, or whether the Lord just let the water flow. 
in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. But John says, somebody's coming after me. So if I take you into the door, don't be mistaken, because a greater one is coming. So you see, baptism is a means of grace, which initiates us into the body of Christ. There was a discussion during Bible study that said, what is it about baptism? Why do you want to make such a big deal? I don't want anybody to miss the glory. I don't want anybody to miss being a part of a great and loving and humongous Christian family. Well, you see, baptism really is the beginning of all of our Christian journey. The littlest babe in here, somebody, whether it was grandma, pushy them, somebody said, this baby needs to be baptized. Yes. Or maybe if you were born before the 50s, they said, let me christen you. Let me put a little water on you so when you make up your mind at 12 years old, you can decide and speak unto the Lord your own decision to walk this journey. But you had the covering. So think of baptism not only as a means of grace, but the beginning of our Christian journey. Some of you are in your senior years. And wisdom has come upon you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And you say, my goodness, girl, I can't even go back that far. I've been, I've been a Christian forever. Don't bring up the old time. You're taking me back too far. You know when the church was two stories. You know when it was on the other corner. You know when mama said, I'm going to bring all the children up. And then when you got grown, you went to the Baptist church. I ain't mad at you. God ain't mad at you, but baptism is a one time when he touches you. We don't have to do it again. But sometimes we feel the need in our spiritual journey to say, just dump me. All right. So much is going on in my life. Dump Dump me. I know he already touched me, but can he touch me again? All right. Maybe that's what John was talking about. Somebody greater is coming. So you see, baptism marks the beginning. But you can be God's child for all your life. This Christian journey is about understanding how good God's grace is, how good it is to come before the Lord and bow down before Him and say, I ask you to help me repent. I asked the question in Bible study, what is repentance? What does it mean? Because if we're going to understand the good news, we've got to understand the terminology. Not from what it means over here or what it means over there, but what it means in our heart. It's not enough to say I'm sorry. Because repentance is the next step. Will you say you're sorry? and turn 180 degrees. Will you walk a different way? Will you talk a different way? Will you seek the grace of the Most High God? Or maybe you hung up on the fact that John the Baptist baptized Jesus Christ. And John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. And you said, well, I didn't have my cousin baptize me. I had my favorite pastor. And everybody got a favorite pastor. You know, that's the one that used to flip your candy on the side. 
When your mama had went in all the room, you know that one. You never know what's in the wrong pocket of the pocket. Bring you into the fold, but love you nonetheless. But maybe the pastor won your cousin, but your baptism still marks the beginning of the good news. And I encourage you, even if you can't remember your baptism, throughout the year we're going to continue to do the moments where we talk about remembering your baptism. Last, earlier this year, we did it when our confirmations came, class came. Earlier this year, we did it for Pentecost. We made it just, let's remember that, just a thought of water all over the sanctuary. Because the water and the spirit has to be awakened every day of our lives. So the importance is that baptism marks our beginning of knowing that the good news is for us. Can you say the good news is for each of us? It's not just for one person, a special person, because we're all special unto God. I like the month of March. Because I finally realized that's when I was baptized. I dug enough, asked enough questions, bugged my mama, and she said, if I don't get this girl a date, she's going to bug me to death. She said it was in March. 1961. I said, Mama, you got a date. Girl, just love the month. <laughs> so I decided I was going to embrace the month of March. And I started looking back at my history. And March is a good month for me. My son was baptized in March. I passed my ordination to be a probationary elder, moved to the commissioning process in March. I celebrated my first Easter here at St. Paul in March. I decided I'm going to declare March a good month. All right. You say, why is that important? Because sometimes we have to remember with notice, with expectation, just like in Advent season, a baby is coming. A God is being birthed. Notice is coming into our lives, but we have to remember what it means to be baptized. But you see, in Advent, we are waiting for the Most High God. We are expecting new and miraculous things. We are proclaiming forgiveness of our sins. And that's why the other means of grace called communion is important to us. Don't miss it. Because we have a chance to be forgiven and offer forgiveness to others. There's nothing worse than to get the forgiveness and do like the people said. I've been forgiven of my debts, but I ain't going to forgive you. What happened in that Matthew passage? That's the passage where it says, look, you've been forgiven, and you didn't forget the people, so we're going to put you in jail. Don't miss what communion does for each of us. It frees us to go forward in the name of Jesus. And that's good news. Maybe you don't see it as good news. I don't know. But I realized for myself. But I can remember the baptism and the blessing that comes with it and know that the love of Jesus Christ includes me. That's good news. That's good news because a king is coming to town. 
in this Advent season. And Isaiah cries out and reminds us that the rain will be made straight. Can you imagine the crookedness being taken out of your journey? Can you imagine when you were on 69, evacuating, and somebody would have made it totally straight, made about 10 more lanes? And you would have just went on through? Oh, yeah. Woo! That would have been something else. (laughs) But he gave us a spirit to wait. Some of us waited more patiently than others. But the important part about the good news is that you first realize that Christ, that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And he first accepted us and offered us an opportunity to be a part of a Christian family. And he gave us baptism as that means of grace to start the journey. And then he said, later there be a great king. That's what John said. That I can't even think about touching his sandals because he's just that great. But he said, that's the one that's coming. That's the one who's going to mean something. That's the one who's going to turn life upside down. That's the one who's going to change you. That's who we're waiting for in Advent. Yes, like I said, many of us were baptized a while back. We don't even imagine what the date was. We surely don't say, I'll give it a whole month. But I tell you the reason that I practice that so much. Because if I can celebrate that month, then I can celebrate my valley experiences. If I can celebrate my communion and baptism, I know that God is able. If I continue to just know the power of the Holy Spirit, I can work it through. Walk on through the dead places in life. For you see, everybody heeds enough. It's not how you live on the mountaintop. It's what you will do in the valley. In some ways, this has been a up and down kind of year for me. Valley, mountain, valley, mountain. I mean, just up and down and spin around. But God's been constant. I told a friend of mine, if I knew what I knew now, I'm not sure I would have accepted that call ministry. <laughs> That's why God doesn't reveal everything at the same time. So I implore you, know what baptism is. Know what it means for your life. But know that it ushers you into a brand new experience. God is opening new doors. As someone told me earlier this week, people don't like to change. But baptism gives us a relationship in the family of Christ to say, I'll accept Jesus Christ just as he is. I realize that being a part of a Christian family is being a part of a big family. Big families love each other, challenge each other, stretch each other, but in the end, I hope and pray that the love of Jesus Christ supersedes everything in the Christian family. Also, we want to look at and identify how important, like I said, baptism is the opening up the door of the good news. Why is this important to you and I? Because just like he opened it the first day, your mom and daddy brought you to the office and said, it's my baby. Who is my baby? Cover my baby, dear Jesus. And Mary brought her baby. And that's how baby got bigger. 
John put him in the joy. Cover my baby. Every day God covers us with newness, with love, with mercy and grace. So you see, we can't get the shadow and sunshine of the mountains if we're not willing to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. We can't get the newness of life and let the cleansing that the storm did permeate our spirit unless we're saying, Lord, I take my hands off of it. But you see, that's the good news. John realized that he was yet a prophet, but he was not the king. John was the warm-up act to a bigger act because he was not the king. John was preparing a way for the king. He wasn't the Alpha, he wasn't the Omega, he wasn't the king, and he wasn't the Messiah. But he did his part for the challenge to each of us. Are we willing to be like John? To do our part in the Christian family. To do our part on the journey. To bring our gifts. But to recognize Jesus is the one we're waiting on. Jesus is the most high God. And the good news simply says, yes, we indeed will be baptized with water unto repentance. But he that is coming after me is mightier than me whose sandals I am not worth carrying. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Understand in the United Methodist Church, we have the claim and the cross. That's for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Do we grab hold to it? Not always. Because we've come to a point in our life where we say, I can be quiet on Jesus. I don't have to... Don't talk so loud. You don't have to shout all the time. You ain't got to tell everybody what God is doing. Oh, yeah, but we do. It ought to be in our consciousness. It ought to be in our spirit. Somebody ought to walk up and say, what you have, I want. It ought to come into the way we live. This week, Donnell had a chance to be an undercover brother. <laughs> Some of you experienced him in his undercoverness. He had an opportunity to play a part he's never played, but I said, when you meet all of these children, they don't have to know you're praying for. They can tell you I need a Barbie doll. It's what I've been looking for all year long. And I sure hope the soul ain't gonna keep my body dog from coming. <laughs> Some folks were trying to figure out what kind of Santa Claus does this do? Is he Hispanic? Is he a brother with a tan? I say he was a brother on an undercover job. <laughs> Telling them about Jesus Christ and they didn't even know it. Can't they sit down and, and they were just as happy as they oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh. <laughs> we're called into newness. We're called into different things. We're called to do things. Because the great thing is knowing who Jesus Christ is. And knowing that he's our Savior. Knowing that he's the saving grace. Knowing that he is the King. And that our journey started with a little water. Whether you were dipped, lit, or sprinkled. 
Hallelujah. We're coming out of the darkness. We're coming out of the wilderness into a life that's so bright. Hard to see the beacon on the corner. If you can't envision the future, you're missing what God is getting ready to do up in here. If you can't see that, it has to be an, a, a togetherness to get a building built. Because we can build the building, but it's the Holy Spirit is missing from the building. Oh, yeah. You miss what's there. You miss the love. You miss the joy. Yeah, yeah I'm excited about Jesus Christ. He woke me up this morning, started me on my way, told me that my mama was all right, just for the day. Yeah. It's hard to be down here when my mama is sick. But it's hard to be away from your mama when you know she's not well. But because of the baptism and the love of the Most High God, I can walk this journey. Because I know that I believe in the baptism of Jesus Christ. I know that Jesus Christ is coming back again. And I know that the good news is the beginning. Weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning, and he is the joy of our salvation. Who shall I be? The good news is that he's coming. And the greater news is we don't know the time nor the hour. So you live in spiritual readiness. You live looking for the excitement of knowing that he's a miracle kind of God. You can either decide the cup is half empty or it's half full. You can either see the joy or be stuck in the devastation. You can either see the newness of Christ or we're never going to do it. And I don't know why you keep dreaming. I guess I was just born to a group of dreamers. And I'm walking out my call as a dreamer. I can't sing, but I can dream, girl. Okay, they had the dream girls on, what was that, on Hollywood or the play or whatever? No, I was neither a supreme, but I've been a supreme along the way. The good news is that we all have an opportunity to be baptized in the water, to be made fresh and anew, to come and experience the grace of a most high God. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Has He rained upon your life in your prayer closet and all you could do was shout? Has He rolled up on you in the car and you had to pull to the side because you just had to shout? Has He made a way in your life? Has He made a way on your job? Has He kept your children? Has He made a newness? Has He built your new home? Has He restored your life? Has He cleaned, cleaned away the old slate and made you anew? Maybe He hasn't done it for you, but He wants to. Maybe you haven't even let Him all the way in. I'll stop by here to say this morning, don't be scared. Don't be fearful. He wants to touch you and give you the newness of your life. He wants to be the light of your life. 
you now, doggone? I ain't gonna doubt that. And when you were young, like it says in the book of Corinthians, when I was young, I did young things. But when I got old, I put away my childish thing. If you are in spiritual maturity, it's time to walk in. If you know you have to get lit in. If you know you're able to stop waiting on somebody to say, are you coming? Just come on. King Jesus wants us to live with a spirit of readiness, with our gifts in motion. That's his truth. With his symbols of the greatness of what he brings to our life. Are we going to miss it? Or are we going to embrace it? It's a personal decision, but we're all part of a Christian community. This here, my house. Yeah, is it your house? Is it your house? Is it your house? It's my house. And if we are the children of a most high God, if you haven't invited somebody to be baptized, if you haven't told somebody about Jesus Christ lately, if you haven't reached out and said, this is what it looks like to receive a call from somebody who loves Jesus Christ, and you haven't just reached out and said, baby, what you need today, you're missing an opportunity to let your light shine. You don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, I highly recommend don't let another day go past. But if you know him, walk with him, talk with him, Embrace the good news. Stand as we celebrate our hymn of invitation. Come all ye faithful. Page 234.